Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Chris Rose Rotation on John Boy Media. Tyler Glass now, the Tampa Bay Rays, my co-host today. Welcome back. And I actually thought you were going to start the show talking into your mitt. Like, uh, we're taping this right now in between starts against the Rangers and the Yankees. And, boy, you were dealing the other night, and you were so pissed to come out of the game. And I was like, what is he saying inside of his mitt? What's he saying? Are you yelling at that point or what? No, 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 no. I looked at it funny too, because I looked at the video and I looked like, I'm heated. And like I am, but I, I, I felt in the moment, like I was like very like, please, I'd like to throw one more inning, but I clearly wasn't. And <laughs> I was just like, what you, is this final? Like, what do you do? Why are we doing this? He's like, you're done, man. And I was like, what, why can't, I was like trying to like lobby to throw another inning. And he was like, I mean, you're coming out, like, don't do this on the mound right now. And I was like, all right, you're probably right. Like the decision's been made, blah, blah, blah. and. I guess I talked to him after and it was more of just kind of like early in season, third start, like limited innings last year. Like if this was June, you'd go longer. It's April. And I was like, you know, all right, that's fine. It was a good game. Came in like I know our bullpen was going to come in and do the job. So I guess I kind of have to like find like very sparingly like certain starts if I get pulled. Like I think it it means more to like like argue your case sparingly because then it actually means something like if i'm getting mad mm -hmm. i'm getting I'm coming out of every single start then like it just doesn't hold any weight so i think i need to pick and choose my like times i i get like fired up to stay in the game because it sucks when you're in the, of the moment like you don't want to come out of the game especially when it's a game where you feel like that like it's one of those games where like you don't get that every start when you're really locked in like that and rhythmic and so it's just i, I want to like milk it for all it's worth were you aware that this was a team that joe musgrove had just no hit yeah yeah, I was aware, like, coming into it. I think even before that, they got, like, shut out, and, like, no hit, blah, 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 which is, in turn, also, like, there's two ways to look at it, like, dangerous and a fact of, like, these are big league hitters and, like, they've been down for a while. Like, it's just going to take one game for them to spark back up. But I definitely knew coming into it, they probably weren't in, like, the, the best of spirits. And, like, my timing felt really good. And I was like, all right, this is – I think this is going to be a good game for me today. Okay, I was watching with my son. Yeah. And I said, he's got no hit shit. Brady, I was like, he could throw a no hitter. Did you, were you thinking like through three innings, you were like, this is, this might be it. Kind of, like I knew it was a possibility. Like it was too early to like think about not throwing a no hitter, but like <clears throat> there's always two thoughts that go through my mind when I'm doing really well in the beginning of the game. It's like, it's not something I'm like thinking about, but there's always an opportunity for like a no hitter. And I want to strike out 21 people. I, that's like a, it's so hard to do, but like that for me is, like the dream to like try and break the MLB strikeout record. So it's always like a fourth or fifth inning thing. And it just like, I don't consciously think about it, but I'm like, how many strikeouts do I have? Like, can I, can I break the record? And I mean, nowadays, no way I'm coming out of the sixth inning every game, but it's always something I think about. You don't have to come out of the sixth inning. You were only at 102 pitches and you were in the eighth inning. You're yeah, being you economical I mean, though, and you had like, 14 strikes. Like, you know? you know, for it to like realistically, like back in the day, these dudes were like, like James Shields has the franchise record for strikeouts at 15 at like 135 mm -hmm. pitches. And like, I look at yeah. that, and I'm like, I'm never, they're never going to let me throw 135 pitches. Like, so I guess it just, yeah, I don't know. You have to find your time and try to do it in like a hundred pitch clip. But like, that's never the goal. I'm not out there trying to like strike out 21. I'm trying to strike out everyone I face, but like realistically, like what's going to happen. Well, you're so that was your third start of the season. Your second one was up in Boston. And mm -hmm. I know the result, of the game didn't go away. You pitched magnificently again, and here's the end of a frame in the sixth where you got fired up. And they get him. 
fastball 98. Glance now. So what'd you say there? <laughs> Some bad words. I said, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Real original. It was a fuck yeah, and I was like, all worked up, and I was like, do it again. <laughs> say it again. Fuck yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it felt right in the moment. <laughs> it looked right in the moment. See, but that's what I want as a baseball yeah. fan. Don't you understand that? I want you to get fired up. You didn't show anybody up. The Red Sox yeah. can't chirp about that shit. It wasn't like you looked in their dugout and held up your middle finger and were like, hey, fuck you guys. Good luck in yeah, that exactly. next inning. Yeah, well, I'm doing that, that too because awesome. like it wasn't it wasn't like easy. Like I'm doing that because I'm in a sticky situation. Like they made me work all game long. Like I felt really good that game too. And like I had a good stat line, but like that's a tricky lineup. Like they'll do whatever they can to like take you deep into a game. Mm-hmm. A lot of good contact hitters. Like they're not out there just trying to hit homers. Like everyone out there has like a plan. So <clears throat> I knew after that strikeout, like chances are I'm coming out of the game. So it's just like a sigh of, like I felt like I had to grind that game. So I got, I struck him out, got out of the inning. I think it was a guy in first and second or second and third. Mm-hmm. And it was just a good feeling to end the inning. And it's just like a relieving, like, fuck, I'm done. Like, yeah. Are there differences? So you pitched there in Fenway. This weekend you are at the boogie down in the Bronx. Are games different when you step on the mound in Fenway and New York? It's weird. Like you, I feel like you get into like a, the same mindset like you're I'm the same amount of nervous every start to where like I get into that like that headspace I'm in that mindset uh, I'd say I'm like probably the they all feel the same I think on the road it's a bit different than at home at home's a little bit more comfortable but I think I mean if the team is good there's definitely a little bit more like I don't even know the word but I don't know especially places that are like iconic and like Fenway and like a Wrigley and like Yankee Stadium, just like the little kid in you comes out and like you know you're pitching and like the moment becomes very real. But I'd say it still feels relatively similar. Like especially if you've done it enough, like you're kind of used to the feeling, I guess. But isn't it different when you're facing the Yankees based on what you guys have been through the last few years? Uh, or am I making that up? You can no, tell me I if mean, I'm full of shit. There's definitely like that that feeling. I think that's more for it depends on the player you talk to. Like, I think for me, like I consciously need to like, I don't really like get worked up with that. So I just kind of like, this is, it doesn't help me pitch at all. If I'm like angry at the other team, I really have to just like stay within myself. So for me, I try to like suppress any of that other external like drama. And I try to just like go at them normally. Like I'm just throwing to each hitter individually, but there's definitely like the, the energies in the dugouts and stuff. It's different for sure. And then I think when the crowds into it and the game is close and like certain things happen, it gets like, it gets pretty heated, but it's, I mean, that's what baseball is all about. Like, I think that's, that's a good place to be with a, with a rival team. As of right now, you are scheduled to go against Cole. Yeah, I'm pretty Cole. sure. Yeah. I think so. I don't know what, how, what rotation he's on, but yeah, he pitched the same day I did. So I'm assuming we'll pitch against each other on day two. As of right now, that's how it yeah. is. I, I know it's the American league. We don't hit against each other, blah, blah. Yeah. That's bullshit. It is great for fans. Yeah. Is it different for you? I I truly like don't not like I don't care who I'm pitching against, but it doesn't do anything for me. Like I, I never really understood the like, oh, you're versing this person today. I'm like, I don't like what's I don't care. Like I have to go and pitch well. Like I don't really care what Garrett does. Like I obviously want the hitters to hit well, but like I'm not consumed in like how he's pitching. I'm just trying to take care of myself and like go do my inning by inning by inning. But I don't necessarily like I think it just makes it easier to like not because if you get caught up in like who you're facing and like, oh, this guy's not very good. This guy's really good. It's just too it keeps you like too high and low. I just try to like keep it as consistent as I can. It's easier said than done. But like 
I've pitched against Garrett so many times and like, I obviously have a great amount of respect for him. He's an unbelievable pitcher, but like I'm out there just trying to take care of myself when I'm pitching. What's your relationship with him? Obviously knew him with the pirates. He got drafted in the same year I did. Um, obviously a little higher than I did. And we just became friends, like hung out in the lower levels. And then he was obviously older than me. And like, we never really played together on teams, but like in instructs in like spring and, and uh, extended and stuff. Like I, I knew him relatively well. And then we've all, we've like stayed in touch here and there, like sparingly throughout the years. And he's the, I'm our union rep and he's like on the executive board. So like, we'll communicate that way. And, but most of the time we talk, it's, it's like a group text or something involving like the union or like a bargaining thing. So. Even though you guys are both from Southern California, you're, you're from the Valencia area. He's from Orange County. You know, he went to UCLA, all that sort of stuff. And you guys really, there just was never a huge connection. Is that because of the age no, difference? Like, kind of. I just think we never played. Like, we're, I like Garrett. Like, we're, we both, like I'd say, have respect for one another. Like, I really respect him. So, but we're not like, we just don't text all the time. Like, we still stay in touch. If it's not a guy, I'm going to text once a week. Like, we know, like, we have a good relationship with one another. But it's not so like, you know what I mean? It's not like we're like best yeah. friends or anything. <clears throat> so when you're playing a series, you guys are scheduled to pitch on Saturday, I believe, or whatever it is, or Sunday. I, I forget which date it is. Will you seek him out at some point beforehand, even just to say hello, to wave? We don't know how that stuff works. If if it's like, especially with COVID and like our guy on our team is like so strict with it. Like, it's very weird this season. Like you're technically not supposed to go like congregate in the outfield or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But um, like if I see him out there, absolutely. Like or judge or something, like any of the dudes I've played with, like if I see them out there, I'm going to go say what's up and like talk and whatnot. But like, we're not going to like correlate a time to go see each other but no doubt if i see him like we we talk in outfield a good amount like when we play each other like if our pitch times or like our groups happen to be on the field at the same time like it's definitely like a friendly hello and all that do you know judge you just mentioned him i played on the fall league with him so i know him, uh-huh. him relatively well yeah i got to know him pretty good in the fall league and then i played against him in the minor leagues a lot and like i just yeah he's a good dude i really like that guy a lot do you like pitching against him I mean, he's, he's like a threat, obviously, like for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a really good hitter. But you just kind of have to do your scouting report and, and go about it how you go about it. And if you execute, good things happen. Like he's done really well against me, and I've done well against him at times. So it's just like a it's just a good competition. Is there ever if you strike him, whenever you strike him out, or has he clicked you yet in the bigs? I don't. Th- think so i could be okay. wrong i feel like i would remember though i don't think he has yeah in the big, i think in the minor leagues he has i don't know about the big leagues though. i'm not i'm not sure so is there ever a if you're friendly with a guy like that is there ever a it, when you're sending him back to the dugout after a nasty 99 mile an hour heater does he glance back at you for a second do you ever lock eyes no I'm, i feel like it happened a lot maybe in the minor leagues or something like we would sometimes like I missed up and in on him a few times. Like, obviously, I'm not trying to do that intentionally. And I feel like he was like, and I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not doing that on purpose. That was like two years ago, but not really. Like, I'm not really in that mindset too. When I pitch, I'm not really trying to like buddy buddy with anyone. Like, I'm, I don't even look at the hitter. I'm very much like just centered it on the catcher. Like, I, I don't really ever like make eye contact with the hitter. It's kind of like irrelevant sometimes. You're killing all of our romantic side of baseball, by the way. I know. You know Sorry. And all that stuff. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, one more thing before we, we bring on your brother and your brother, Ted glass. Now is going to be our guest today. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, you guys got your American league championship rings and took a lot of shit on social media because guys were showing them off as though 
they were the Dodgers having just yeah. won the World Series. Yeah. Is that fair criticism? Um, <clears throat> no, I think like that's what people do. They just like talk shit about like that's sports in general. That's kind of why sports is awesome. Like, you're, of course, there's going to be room right there to like say some stuff. But at the end of the day, like that's a, it's like a special moment. It's one of those things you're going to look back on in like a lot of years. And like, even my mindset too, I'm like, I mean, I, I love the fact that we got an American league championship ring. Like, it's great. I know I'm going to like it. It'd be cool to show my kids. I gave it to my parents. It's a special thing, but there is a part of me that's like, I wish it was a world series ring. Like, I don't know, you know like, like, especially now just being so closely removed from it. I'm just like, I don't know, but it will be special in the future. Like it's such, it's a, especially with like a lowest payroll, like what we accomplished and like, everything like like all the COVID season all that stuff like it's 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 awesome nobody's gonna deny an american league championship ring all the people talking shit want one no doubt <laughs> it's interesting because i you know i used to cover the golf beat 20 years ago when tiger was kicking everybody's ass mm -hmm. and he had a saying second sucks he would yeah. say it every time he didn't win on tour and so there are people that are saying yep go enjoy your your american league championship banner go hang that yeah. one when it's not what you are playing for at the end of the day, can you understand that? Or do you, do you just say people are just saying shit just to say shit? I can understand it for sure. But I also like, you have to like, when you're <clears throat> in it and you're doing it with all your friends and like, you're the one, you realize how difficult it is for all the teams we beat in the situation, like the COVID and all the other external stuff. Like you have to sit back and appreciate like how hard, like how tough it is to even get to that spot. Like we beat everyone in the American league. Like that's special, but there is definitely a part of me. That's like, even now when I like, sometimes I'll look at it and just be like, I don't, I mean, fuck, I want a world series ring. Like I don't, and it'll be like that for me. I think it, it, like my entire career while I'm playing, like I want that to be a world series ring. Like I don't want that to be an American league championship ring, but it will be special when I'm older. hundred percent. I know it's going to be like a cool thing to look back on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you ready to interview your brother? You nervous or are you excited? I'm excited. Ready to go. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The one and only Theodore Glassnow joining us right after this. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about Aced Out Caps. It is the official cap of Major League players. There's 46 different caps. You got different players on the caps. I've seen the Mike Trout, the Fernando Tatis, and I'm wearing the 98ers in honor of the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, 1998 is the first year of their existence. So it's really cool stuff. It's officially licensed by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, it's designed and embroidered right here in the good old USA. So check mark, check mark on that as well. Various styles to choose from. You got the snapbacks, the truckers, the dad caps as well. There's also men's tri-blend t-shirts of 13 baseball hall of famers the likes of frank thomas and george brett and johnny bench and those t-shirts are super cool because it lists the accomplishments of these hall of fame players so go out and get that as well and in addition one of these awesome aced out lids uh free shipping on any order over 35 dollars and use the code rose for 20 percent off of your first order so go out tip of the cap to aced out I'm the older brother and, of course, the exceptional athlete. And every time I would beat him in something, he would go off in a corner and pout. And, he, and when you asked him, hey, man, what's wrong? He would go, I just want Taco Bell. So I think it's poetic justice that he ended up giving Taco Bell to the entire country. That, of course, the dulcet tones of Ted Glass. Now, the older brother 
of our co-host Tyler Glass. Now, that was during the World Series in 2020 when Tyler gave up the Mookie Betts stolen base and fed everybody Taco Bell. Ted, how dare you do that to your younger bro? I need, to, I need to borrow some media training from Tyler. My voice is very high in that interview. <laughs> You're stuck with that. No training can help you. You just got a shitty voice. <laughs> so Ted is our guest today. And, and Ted, it was interesting. We brought that clip up the first time we had Tyler as a co-host. And I said, man, your, your brother's railing on you basically on national television. And he said, I wouldn't have it any other way. What is your relationship like with your younger bro? It's probably similar to most younger brother relationships. Um, and it's not like I was, I mean, he gave up a stolen base. It's baseball. Like, so that's just a stat. It's not like I made that up. It's not like I'm making fun of his hair or something. <laughs> Wait a second. How can you make fun of your hair? You guys yeah, got like a group on two for one, didn't you? No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't hit close to his personality. It's external to him. It doesn't matter. He'll get over it. He's a pitcher. A yeah. tall one at that with the long release time. But yeah, our relationship is, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's how we normally talk. I'd imagine that's how uh, most folks talk uh, mm -hmm. to their younger brother. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but we've always been pretty, uh, pretty honest. And uh, it's, I, again, it's, uh, he, he can take it. If he made fun of me, it'd be a different story. I'd probably cry. <laughs> is that true, Tyler? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. We do a good amount of making fun of each other. Honestly, though, growing up, we were more, I'd say we were competitive. And then once we got to like more of a, like a teenage age, I feel like we weren't very like, we were more like supportive of one another. If, if any, I think that would be the biggest difference of like, we still would like be competitive and all that. But like, I think we transitioned into being supportive sooner than most brothers. I think it helped that we, none of us did, like we never really did the same sport at the same time, yeah. like overlapped and high jump when we were little, but Tyler played baseball. I ran track. I played football. So like, yeah, it was. Like, we, we were never in direct competition, which is probably good for our household. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Now we mentioned this uh, on the first episode with Tyler. Uh, you were a Division One college athlete, so fill us in, please, Ted. Yeah, I was a decathlete at Notre Dame, uh, and then I, I technically ran was a professional decathlete for like a like a year and a half, but I made like five hundred dollars. <laughs> So strictly speaking, I was professional, but yeah, that's dude, we're, yeah, we're, we're filing through a bunch of photos. So you, everybody who is just doing this audio only check us out on our John boy media baseball YouTube <laughs> channel, because you're going to want to see the Saquon Barkley thighs on <laughs> yeah, Ted glass. Now, dude, what, I mean, seriously, what, what's going on with your physique? I think that's just good lighting. That's indoor track lighting. That's down lighting. You get the stretch. No dude, I had so much quad FOMO growing up. I was always like, what the, like, why can't I be that big? I don't understand what's going yeah. on. But I don't know. It was, it's a college training. It's that Notre Dame meal plan is what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I also, I mean, it, that was like part of the training and I'm smaller than Tyler. So I think if you stretched me out, it'd probably be pretty similar. Plus like our mom is jacked. Dad's pretty strong. Like, uh, some good didn't have there. to work too hard <laughs> yeah right you were obsessed you worked too hard if anything if you could go back and do do you think in college you like overworked and some and like a lot of the training <clears throat> yeah 100 shout out to yeah. coach garnum uh, but he uh <laughs> that's like par for the course in college i wonder if it's true in baseball too like they just overwork you and when you 
when I was on the professional team in Santa Barbara, uh, Santa Barbara, the Santa Barbara track line, uh, it was just, I did like 60% of the work and I got like more results. And I'm, I'm fairly certain it's similar with Tyler. Like we both yeah. have the gene that's like, you got to work really hard. Like if you're not dead, you're not doing it right. And then you realize yeah. like, that's not really how you improve and get to the peak as an athlete. Yeah. God, I hope I make this. Ooh. that's a good one we're, we're showing the pole vault which is one thing yes. like how the heck do you decide i want to be a pole vaulter or or even a decathlete as a kid like i get baseball i get hockey i get mm -hmm. who decides they want to become a decathlete uh, like the decision was kind of made for me like i wasn't very good at any any one sport so i like just tried a couple of them and then um i had the like the frame the build to be a decathlete um, so in, in high school and before high school, Tyler and I both did jumps. So high jump, some long jump. And then mostly because I didn't want to sprint because that sounds terrible. Like running a 400 is awful. Um, and then my senior year, I tried a couple, I literally, I like threw, picked up a shopper for the first time in my life through javelin. I threw discus a couple times and then just got a few marks on the board officially. And then started like talking to colleges and I was like, look, I've done this stuff before. And uh, the only one to buy my lie was Notre Dame. <laughs> That's not your lie. Other one. Yeah, there's a couple other ones. <laughs> yeah. But so, Tyler, what is it like watching your brother compete in a decathlon? Like, is that like over six or seven days? How does this happen? I have never two days, right? Yeah, it's two days. I it was always really nerve wracking for me. Like when I would go see him, I remember we never got to line up, obviously, just because like I was playing pro ball and he was in college but like there was a couple of times he went to florida where was he? he had like one meet yeah south florida i took some teammates over there and and like we went and watched him but like we are the same like competitively like we're very like i'm aware our emotions on our sleeves like when we do something bad we kind of like give a reaction and like forget about it but so when i would watch him and he would like miss a height or something get mad i felt like i was like oh i know what that feels like and i just like <laughs> wanted him to do well because I, I don't know i didn't get to see him compete very often so when i went I just wanted him to, to do well. But that meet, you actually did do very well. So it was it was a nice little first time I got to see him compete. And it was like a, a pretty cool meet. I also think the contract is pretty interesting too. Like they always talk about decathletes are, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I think Tyler is probably the opposite. Like he, he throws a ball thousands of times in a week. And like the difference between being a millionaire and being like, you know, owning a used car dealership is like this much. You just have to... <laughs> <laughs> you need like you know if you're out of the strike zone too bad and if you're in the yeah. strike zone good for you so like i think the it's it's the the other reason you were talking about like how come you guys you know don't compete we never really overlap like the psychology is different the pressures are different and i think they're more intense for tyler's sport like if i in, in a decathlon if i had a bad i don't know through shop of bad it's like all right i still got discus or like i can go run a 400 but for tyler it's like <clears throat> hey if my you know if the slider doesn't work or if my curveball doesn't work I'm kind of shot for the day and that's a different like mental load that i, I don't think i would be able to handle uh yeah, and that's where tyler okay well, well anyways well that's where tyler has helped helped me and i think that like we, he went from being like a little brother where like i don't i don't care what tyler has to say like sure i'll bring him along sure like he can come to the gym with me uh but then when i went off to college um i didn't really see firsthand him like become a pro caliber pitcher because i was gone uh, and like Tyler will say too, that happened pretty fast. And I think the transition from him being, you know, the younger brother that has nothing to teach me to like a, 
somebody who has like mastered something and like dealt with pressure that I probably won't ever deal with in my entire life. We like really quickly became like peers and, and he was a mentor for me in some respect. So that's, I think that's the, the, not a turning point in our relationship, but that defines how our relationship is today. Like I can go to him for some things where maybe some older brothers don't feel comfortable going to their younger brother. Nice. How's that make you feel, Tyler? Pretty good. Don't That's cry. Cool. I do remember like, I think it was like around low way. We were both competing at the time and I was just like a, a wreck, just like a mental. It was just, I just got thrown into pro ball and was like, this is different. Like this isn't like high school anymore. And we would always like, I don't remember what it, I kind of struggled in something. I just remember like calling him like sitting in my in my bed with my air mattress being like what the fuck dad like this is crazy and like just going over there are a lot of parallels and similarities in track and baseball like it's very individualized in a sense of like pitching you're kind of alone out there in track and field you're always alone like that's the best thing about track it's like you get to it's all in your hands like how hard you work and how good you train is like all up to you um and i think that's kind of how pitching is too so i just think like we could mesh in like on mindsets like that I'd say it's actually like a pretty similar. There's also less politics in track and in um, baseball because it's more stat driven. Like, yeah, exactly. You no, know, you can be a huge jerk, but if you're faster than the other guy, like you're gonna you're you're gonna be on the relay team. Like, yeah, that's very true. Since, that is true. And vice versa. Like, you can be a good guy, but sorry, you don't. Yeah. If your velocity is not where it should be, we're moving on. Yeah. So. Ted, we started this segment with you ripping on your brother for giving up a stolen base in the World Series, but how nervous and or proud were you last year in Arlington? Very nervous. <laughs> I mean, I was obviously very proud, like just being there was cool. Um, and we're from LA. So even after the World Series, people would always be like, oh man, it must be a rough year for you guys, you know, losing. The world. I was like, I don't know what kind of childhood you have, but when you pitch two games in the World Series, you had a good year. <laughs> So I, I don't know. The outcome of the game was sort of irrelevant. I just wanted Tyler to like, not even do like, that's the thing. I always say do well, but when I, I'll, I'll watch a, a star and be like, wow, you did amazing. And then I'll talk to him after. He's like, I don't know. My curveball wasn't there. And then vice versa. I'll be like, wow, it didn't look too good. He's like, Oh no, Mike, it was, everything was great. So it's really about like reading his, his um, body language. Like, how is he feeling? Like, I feel, I sound like mom, like just want him to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, yeah, like that's all we care about really. Like it's, and you know, coincidentally when you win, you're typically happy, but you know, as long as Tyler is enjoying himself and uh, uh, we are happy, Uh, but the pressure, like it's not having the control, like you mentioned in that track meet, like just being able to like watching somebody, react to a high stress situation and not being able to help them kind of sucks, but we're, uh, it's, he's been in the, he's been in the big, how long have you been in the big leagues now? I think parts for parts of 16, 17, I don't know, like four or five years, some yeah. parts of four or five. Yeah. It's yeah. for, it's too, it's like, it's like being in the car with some, if like, yeah, or with like a, a crazy driver and you're in the passenger seat, it's always way more nerve wracking. Like when you have no mm-hmm. control over yes. a situation, you need to watch it. You're like, Oh my God, this is awful. Like, cause you just yeah. like sit there and squirm and, like our dad too we all have the same genes obviously like we know what we're all going through we're all like pretty nervous people so we're like i think about it too in the dog about my family's there i'm like i wonder what they're going through right now i'll go look up at my dad just like can't sit still he has to like walk around the outfield (laughs) like it's so funny all the ushers because it was during covid like we're just like all the ushers like you can't be here go back to your section he's like i can't i gotta walk around (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Ted, have you ever sat and watched one of Tyler's starts and it's not going as well as he had hoped and the fans in the stands are getting a little liquored up and they're like, glass now, you suck. And you're like, <laughs> like, do you ever like turn around? Do you want to fire back? Do you have to bite your lip? Has that ever happened? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah that's it uh, but like well i don't know like we, the astro series last year got a little heated um it's always the playoffs in the playoffs this year happened yeah, too. The playoffs. oh that's true that yeah fans. i thought we were i thought we were friends no whatever like it's 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 on it's it's on us like we're the family they don't know that we're the family right it's not like they they're like oh dude that's tyler glasnow's family it must be especially me to them they're just yeah. see, we're wearing Rays uniforms in in a sea of Dodgers uniforms, and when you when you give give people enough beer, they're gonna yell at you. <laughs> so it's not a it's yeah it's not a big deal. But you know what's funny is like it's I feel like I get more heated now because there's less people in the stands. So like you know this like jabroni in Boston in like outfield, I can hear him on the TV. Gardner, you suck. <laughs> I don't want to encourage these people, but you know. If you got something funny to say, now's the time to do it because I can hear yeah. you on TV. <laughs> All right. So you guys speak so well of one another. I've got two <laughs> older brothers. Tyler, there had to have been some sort of fight when you were younger, fisticuffs, some sort of physical oh, yeah. altercation. Okay. Yeah. Give me I more. mean, like growing up, like we would have like definitely like playing basketball or something. If he like beat me or if I beat him, we'd be super pissed. And then oh, one time the it, was drum like, story. it was like, yeah, it was like a story out of stepbrothers. I had my friend Dayton over. He had his friend Spencer over. <laughs> He had a drum set my dad got him for Christmas or something. And we had a, like an upstairs room and I, and he was very protective of his drums. And I remember going up there with my friend and like locking the door and just fucking banging on these drums. And he came up, like came up the stairs, was like hitting the door, like get the fuck off my drums, like freaking out straight out of Step Brothers. And I knew I already committed and I was like, fuck it, we're going to keep playing these drums. And then I, we gave it like 10 minutes, some downtime to let him like fizzle out. We thought he would kind of left. And we like open the door all slowly and it's like a 90 degree angle down the stairs. And I walk down one corner and my friend was in front of me and I just saw my friend like fly across the hall. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like prepubescent and tiny. And he was like starting to lift and getting all like beefy. And I remember like trying to stand up for my friend, like, don't fucking do that. And I was like pushing him and like, I punched him a few times. So I was asking for it. And then he absolutely just fucking decked me and just like knocked me down. I remember being like, oh, probably shouldn't have punched him in the stomach and then it was all good after that like of our parents think, came home and it was like a whole thing and i think i instantly was, cried i was like, yeah oh my God, so bad I, <laughs> I remember waking just like getting up being like wow it was nuts and then he just felt terrible but then it was good i like learned i think everyone should get punched in the face at some point i was like a freshman or a sophomore and i think i like learned a very valuable lesson like oh if you hit people they might hit you back so like either put your hands up or don't hit anybody <laughs> did you get in trouble ted I don't, that's, I was just about, I was thinking about that. Like our mom never really got us in trouble. Like we were pretty no. good about like, yeah, we screwed up. Like, yeah. she's like, I guess I could ground you, but yeah. it's like, no, Especially with him. I'm not going to hit like, Tyler again. Yeah. <laughs> that's I would such say the I, California yeah. parent. I know. Life. I was going to say I, that. I raised <laughs> both my kids out here. It's such that we're, we're just such passive. We're like, okay, yeah, exactly. don't <laughs> do it again. Yeah. How would you punish yourself? Yeah. Oh my Write God. a poem <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Donna, your mom has been very helpful with pictures and anecdotes. Uh, she said that apparently there was a competition on a vacation in the Caribbean between the oh, two no. of you. Who wants to take oh, yeah. this one? Tyler? I, I don't know. Yeah, we had a, it was a push-up contest. We went on a cruise. We were in the where? 
we were in somewhere in the they some place where they drink rum. Yeah, that's so we were there. <laughs> and there was like a push-up contest or whatever. And we had to have like our girlfriends at the time like lay on our back. And his girlfriend or his wife now is a, like a nationally ranked heptathlete, like very athletic. And my girlfriend at the time was like very petite. And so it was a rigged <laughs> thing from the start. And I watched him do it first. And Carly was like, his wife was like very top loaded on top of him. And I was like, that's where you're wrong right there. That's, that's where you're going to lose the competition. He ended up doing like a lot of push-ups. And then my girlfriend, I was like, go a little lower towards my feet. And I was just kind of doing some kips. I cheated, but I technically beat him. But it was a, it was a good competition. <laughs> so do we have any other competitions that, that we should be doing? I mean, should we grab your wife, Ted, and maybe redo the push-up <laughs> competition? Oh, maybe, she's we gone. Should, maybe we should give it a shot. <laughs> maybe a episode four. Who knows? She might be upstairs. Yeah, yeah exactly. That'll be, that should be a new segment. Yeah. Life push-ups. <laughs> By the way, people people are probably watching this right now and on our YouTube channel, and they're looking at and they think that Tyler is in his dorm room right now, and Ted is some multi-trillionaire <laughs> hanging out on the California coast or something. What the heck do you do for a living, Ted? I actually work I work for a meal kit startup called Tovala, Tyler. Look at that. Drop drop. You get the opportunity. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, meal kit startup based in Chicago. So, so what do we do there? What, what, what? I'm the director of business development, which doesn't really okay. mean anything at a startup. <laughs> sounds very official though. And you just moved into a new place and everything? Yeah, my wife and I moved like five minutes up the street. We live in Santa Barbara. And the, it looks, my wife is, uh, has good taste. That's why um, the background looks nice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, for having just moved a few days ago, that is the most put together pad I have ever seen in history. Like, Tyler's got some sort of like ironing board behind him. Yeah, what is that? This is, we're in like a little side room. Okay, I'm like, I guess I could have made another room, but I have a roommate and I'm all shy. So I like hide my little nook. But it's red light therapy. I'm over here getting recovered. What is that? What know. does it's it do? Eyewash. It's just, a, it's a bunch of red lights. And apparently it's supposed to be like good for recovery. Brasso, my roommate has it. And he's like, you should try it. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I don't know if it does anything, but there's technically science that says it works, but there's I think you can manipulate kind of any numbers to say something works, but I don't know. Chris, what do you do for recovery? Yeah. What do I do for recovery? I try yeah. and wake up the next day. As long as I'm above <laughs> ground, that means I've recovered. <laughs> yeah, my age, exactly. that's Pray. it. Yeah, I occasionally, if I don't want to be too cheap, turn on the heat in my jacuzzi and get in, but I'm, I'm trying to keep the gas bill down this month. You know, when you Very get smart. two kids, you guys will understand this stuff one day. You know, you're trying to pinch every penny you can. Just, just yeah, Tyler's running money. up his electricity bill with red lights over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't don't. Have you seen how he's pitched this year? That guy can keep yeah, running. He true. can have this thing on every day, even when he's on road trips. It'll be just fine. Um, yeah, there's gonna so, be tons of red light sales after this interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. <laughs> so Ted, you got married a couple of years ago. Tyler, you were the best man. That means you have to plan the bachelor party. How did that go? That was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. Not the planning the bachelor party was like, cause I wanted it to, cause he's very like, like structured. If he were to plan something, it would be like phenomenal. If I were to be getting married and he would plan the bachelor party, I was like, I need to do it at that certain. I don't have like the planning skills he does, but I'm going to like, I want this to be, I don't want to miss here. So we had the bachelor party in <clears throat> Rosarito, Mexico. I had a bunch of friends there, got a house. It was really fun. And then, uh, yeah, that was a great time. And then like the speech was what I was most nervous about for sure. And More Ted, nervous than I do? would be pitching, I'd say. I did well, wow. actually. I prepared a lot and I usually don't. And I remember like throughout the course of a season, 
I would like write things down to be like, oh, I remember that about it and this about it and stuff. But that was very nerve wracking for me. But it was awesome. I think too, it's just because like, if you screw up a best man speech in that setting, it's like, you are going to know those people the rest of your life. Like that's going to follow you until you die. So it was, it was, yeah, like I said, nerve wracking, but it was cool. And I, I remember the feeling when it was over, it was this like euphoria, just like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Straight to the bar. It was great. <laughs> Pitching in the World Ted? Series is fine, but the, ah, oh, the speech the speech was actually <laughs> yeah. w- was amazing. And on, honestly, like watching like, him planning the the bachelor party was also incredible because like you know he's definitely turned a corner. Like this morning, I also and on a related note, I know that he cares about this podcast because it's the first time in his entire life that he sent me a calendar link. Yeah, I did. <laughs> He'll he send like, calendar hey, links for stuff. Don't forget he to sends show calendar up. links for anything for a bowel movement. This guy will send a fucking calendar <laughs> link. So I'm like dude i don't need this calendar link but i remember being like yeah okay and i know he likes the calendar so i was like yeah but he did the same thing with the bachelor party i was like oh wow he's got an itinerary he's a full-blown adult (laughs) (laughs) very very good very good good. uh how are the brotherly trips to mexico that the two of you have taken over the years what what can we share I don't know what, I mean, they've been always like, they've always been really, really fun. We'll always go with like a good group of friends, like a really fun group, too much fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've gone with like a bunch of different people. We have a lot of family friends of a place down there too. And it's right down the coast of like Tijuana called Rosarito. And there's like really good surfing and like not a lot of people are there. And it's just nice. Mexico is like the wild west. There's like no rules and you can kind of do whatever you want. And it's just a lot of fun. If you go with a good group of people anywhere, you're going to have a lot of fun. I love how like you're making it sound like you do a lot of crazy stuff. We like went to bed at 1030. Like that's, yeah, a, that's, that's our version of Wild West. <laughs> like instead of nine. Yeah. Uh, well, we also, we also do like, an, like we've done two off season trips too. We went to Mexico city and then, uh, oh, yeah. Copenhagen. This last and that's, that's super fun. Like that's, uh, like talk about like the trappings of having a brother as a professional athlete. Like it's not necessarily like what you would think it is. It's just him having a ton of time like in like in the fall to do stuff i love that yeah that's cool all right i have seen uh several photos of you guys including the double sweater classic please tell me both of you have that thing framed somewhere in the house that sweater is i don't even know whose that is i remember we saw yeah oh it was our neighbor yeah Yeah. and his wife is a is like an an influencer and i'm pretty sure she got this during for like a campaign and brought it over during the holidays and uh, we put it on. It didn't get like it didn't. It, it lives on my mom's phone, but somehow it always gets, <laughs> it always gets uh, onto the screen when we do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, you look like you are uh, getting ready for a proctology appointment in this photo. <laughs> yeah, I have to be I honest was, with you. Yeah, I was like, we should look like unenthused, and we did a good job. We looked pretty unenthused. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. in the future I need to not put my arm there too under the screen. <laughs> yeah, like what is that? What's going on there? Well endowed. <laughs> it was my first double sweatshirt, all right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there are also a gazillion photos of the two of you guys with your shirts off. Do you guys have some sort of uh, hot bod competition working between the two of you? No, I'd say that's that's not the a competition that we've had, but who knows? I'd win. <laughs> <laughs> would you still win because i mean I, I mean back in the day i get it when you were doing your whole decathlon thing yes probably but- i mean he's still he works out like a psychopath still he wakes up like five in the morning and does like kettlebell workouts on the beach like i think it's more so too like we're pretty like 
if we didn't work out, I think we'd both oh, be like God. psychopaths. I know mom was like, we sent this in. I was like, Jesus, Donna. This is when I was transitioning from my like track shorts to normal human shorts. I was still in the transition <laughs> yeah. phase. Every, yeah, every couple <laughs> yeah, of weeks, the inches would go down. I added an inch every year. Yeah. And also, I come thought- on, can Donna choose one where I'm a little bit more tan? I live in, at the beach now. <laughs> All right, listen, before we uh, before we go. let you go, we got a few things here. Uh, we're, we got a little segment we're going to call Sibling Rivalry here. So um, shout out your name if this pertains to you. Bigger pain in the ass to the parents. Uh, ooh. No, that brings up that Tyler. party story. Me? That's true. You yeah. were just more calculated. <laughs> this month, yeah. dude. When we yeah, were in high school, <clears throat> when we were in high school, we would are like in middle school or whatever. We'd always on the weekends, like go to dinner with our parents. Um, and then Ted got into high school. I think you were what, like a sophomore and we would come home of all day. would be like, Hey, we're going to dinner. You guys want to come? And then ask Ted got older. He was like, no, I'm going to stay back. Like, I'm not going to go to dinner. And I was like, that's really weird. So I would go to this Mexican restaurant down the street with my parents. And he would always text me like an hour and a half, two hours in and be like, what time? Like, what are you doing? You guys coming home? And I was like, yeah, like at some point he's like, okay, make sure before you leave, like text me and because I want food. And I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. Whatever. Fine. And uh, so we'd get him food, blah, blah, blah. And like, he kept, we kept having dinners and he wouldn't go. And I remember being like, all right. Cause I did everything he did. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay home too. Like, I'm cool. I don't go to dinner with my parents anymore. And they're like, all right, whatever. And the second my parents left, Ted was like, okay, listen, every time mom and dad go to dinner, I have like fucking 70 people over to the house and we just have a huge party. And then like, but he had it all calculated. He would like, have like a map of where you could park like don't park on any of the streets my parents could potentially take home like if you're gonna throw your trash away throw it in these neighbors trash like dictated areas like very google spreadsheet and i'm talking dude my parents too growing up it wasn't like dude they were like strict i was terrified of getting in trouble they were like very smart people like you couldn't sneak anything past them i was terrified of getting in trouble and i remember being like he told me this and i was shocked i was like you do this like what if dad catches you and he's like Ever. like they're not gonna and to this day they never got caught but that was like my transition into being like wow this is this is insane and these weren't like little mixers these were like full-blown like ragers. ragers and then everyone would get out of the house and leave he was it was calculated they didn't know about it until like after high school we told them we never i'm pretty caught. sure they know i think they learned about it at the when at the speech you're yeah you're, yeah i think i think we I'm probably sorry, talked about it prior speech. but yeah. like yeah, yeah I, I remember saying something like that at the party but and there was some times where like Maybe there'd be like a beer cap somewhere, but my dad would be like, huh, I don't remember drinking a Stella, but I probably did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We also never touched his booze. That's the important Yeah, true. Yeah, smarter. That's what would have pissed him off. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. If you do do touch the booze, you've got to fill it. First of all, drink the clear stuff and you fill it with water. No, that's amateur. Yeah, see, like he's nose, but I did that growing up. I never actually got caught with you, but I do remember like taking a little bit out and filling it up with water. But like, if anyone's going to tell the difference... I was going to say, like, Greg doesn't know what diluted vodka tastes like. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he'd probably be like, this is strange. Yeah, he would smell on the nose. It isn't isn't the wrong essence. (laughs) All right. Um, Which brother thought he was the bigger stud with the high school girls? Ooh. We didn't really, like, date people in high school. Yeah, I I don't know. That doesn't... I'm not asking for your you, date book. What we no, thought, I mean, what just, we thought about. I don't know. I'm pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I probably thought I was like I had I had a pretty big ego in high school, so let's I'll take that one. You I also, like, oh, I yeah. mean, you you 
there were some there's some good ones. I remember he'd bring around some girls in high school. I'd be like, wow, good for Ted. They were not. Right. They were. They were. Pick me up nice from the skate ladies. park that one time. I don't remember who that girl was, but I was like, Theodore, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Theodore, that's great. I think uh, I, I feel like the mom's like Jedi mind tricks though. Like, yeah, we just never. She, we would, I would bring a, or I would like talk about a girl in high school. Like, yeah, you know, I really like her. Like, you know, I kind of want to go on a date with her. Like, I think she's going to be my girlfriend. And my mom would just go, no, you don't have time for that. And then I just like, oh, I don't have time for that. (laughs) Okay, never mind. Yeah, okay, whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) Which brother was funnier? I won funniest my senior year, but Ted was pretty, I really don't know. It has to be even. I would say I would. I thought Ted was funnier than me growing up for sure. Ted was always. It was or is. Was I'm way funnier than you know. No, that's what I mean. I I feel like the only competition is like who was funnier. Yeah. Who I think Tyler. I don't know. You are definitely funnier for sure. I feel like you just didn't care about things. I did. (laughs) I think I just had that's like like, huge advantage in the comedy department. Yeah, like he. I feel like yeah. Ted was like getting like good grades and working hard. And I was just like, mm, I play baseball. I'm here sending cats around. <laughs> yeah. All right, who's street smart? Who's more street smart? I'd say we're both pretty, pretty street smart. I don't know how would we compare that. I'll say Ted is smarter than me traditionally, just like normal Ted all the way for sure. Street smart. I don't know how we'd rank that. I'm just gonna go with me because it's the easy answer. Because you're yeah, smart. Give me an example smart. of like like yeah, street where smart. you would use street smarts, and I'll tell you who would win. Like getting home from somewhere that would not like, like literal like, streets, but like common sense. Oh, common sense for sure. Me, Ted, probably common sense. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not even that one's not even yeah. close, is it? Well, and also yeah, just like getting out of jams. Like I've, I think we've already established that I'm pretty good at that. We could tell several other stories about how I'm also good at that. I feel like that's like that's a true. huge component of street smarts. But yeah. maybe we're missing. I, I can get out of a jam here. Or there, I think we're. I think that's the, that stems from our dad. Like you can kind of. Yes, but I am not a situation. professional athlete. True, true, <laughs> true. There are some stories in high school that you got out of some pretty sticky situations. I don't know if they're yes. appropriate for this podcast. Well, yeah, let's leave those off. Of course. The record. You, what do you mean? <laughs> You got a 30 second one you want to share? A friend of mine, like, you know, somebody else besides me, like almost got a DUI. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But you know, you Long should have that wasn't guy you, on bro. to tell that yeah. story. Yeah. Later. Well, he only gets, from what I hear, he only gets one call per day. So I, I don't want him to use it on this. All right. Last one. Name one thing that you are envious about when it comes to your brother, Tyler. Um... I'd say like the, his willingness to like, I don't know if it stemmed from going to school or not, but like to learn like a lot about a lot of new things. Like I'll go, so I really enjoy like learning new things. And like my extent of knowledge is very much like podcasts and audiobooks. But like, if I have a conversation with him about something, he, like traditionally when you have a conversation with somebody about something like that, they're not well-versed in, there's always some bullshit thrown around. But like, if he's talking about it in a conversation, he has like a good amount of knowledge on it. Like what he's saying is it won't be like bullshit just to fill airspace. It'll be like thought through and like actually had done his research. Like it'll be, it's very, my dad's kind of the same way knowing a lot about a lot of different things, but he'll bullshit with the best of them. He will actually <laughs> know what he's talking about while like, he's just well-versed and stuff. I just think he, like he's motivated to learn a lot of new things and it's just like all he does all day long. So you like read all the time and like obsessed with it and, 
he just knows a lot about a lot of stuff. Like if I have a question or anything, like if I'm in a debate or an argument with somebody like in my team, I'll just be like, Ted, what do you, well, tell me what you think about this. And he'll like, oh, well, he just has like a, he's well-versed to a lot of things. It's funny because I was going to say something similar. Like Tyler is just really good at stuff right off the bat. And I don't think it always was like that, but like since he became like, yeah, over the past couple of years, <clears throat> as he became like a really good pitcher, I think that that, the mentality that you need to like, you know, get a teeny, teeny, tiny bit better at something like, like unnoticeably better at something and like, not, like call away the distractions and focus on the things that will work. Like he's really good at stuff right off the bat. Like whether it's like settlers of Catan or, or, uh, or like surfing or it's, it was just always so frustrating to me, but like, that's where I'm, that's, that's what I'd be jealous of is that he's just an, like, he's an athlete in every sense of the word. Like he can step into a situation and be like average right off the bat. Whereas like, it takes me a long time. Like, I feel like that's where the work ethic came from. Like, I just like, I got to work really hard to get average. And then, but Tyler's just like, oh, I'm just good at this. That's what and it is too not, though. Yeah. But it's not like, he's like lazy. He's just like more efficient at like, all right, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just focus on this. And like, I think that's from like pitching. Like he knows how to identify the most important like levers and then pull those. And he just starts on third base oh, baseball baseball metaphor you're more of like if you if you start something new and you're good at it you'll like that's you're obsessed with it but like or like if i'm bad at it though yeah you're like i'm bad at it what am i gonna do what's the point i'm I'm not gonna i'm a quitter (laughs) growing up skating was something we were both super into and i was like probably way more into it than him and i started earlier than him and i tried and like practice all day long for like 12 hours and he picked up a skateboard in like six months was doing shit that i had like remember being like what like this isn't it was more two of like fearlessness i don't know why why you were so much better than me at skating but i remember i was remembering being like this is bullshit i was i was you also for like just, three years at that point you also enjoy just, the process more i think like you yeah, will, surf, like you will go surf for five hours not catch a single wave and have fun and i'll just yeah. like if i don't catch a wave in like my first couple of tries i'm gonna go inside and drink <laughs> <laughs> well ted uh i hope you had as much fun as we did today because you were awesome it was really great getting to know you and I, I love the connection between you two i mean there's a guy who's got two older brothers this is this is awesome it's a perfect amount of like poking the bear and brotherly love which i, I think is really cool so thanks for hanging out with us thanks, yeah thanks for having me on i should also say to chris that like i'm a big fan of your versatility and uh this podcast that. is a great idea not just because you, you invited me on well, <laughs> I, you know what you're you're not just a guest you leave us with something in hand so here, here you go. Don, tell him what he won. Ted, you're not as tall. You're not as good looking. You're not as rich. And you're not as famous as your little brother. So those times when you're feeling a little inadequate, just play this audio clip. Ted, you're a damn good guy. This audio clip, it's a present courtesy of the Chris Rose rotation. Enjoy, Ted. And just remember, you're great. There you go. Thank you. That's All right. I'll, I'll use that. I'll use that several times today. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, maybe put it on a little audio rolling track in your house when people walk in. It'll yeah, be definitely. something just that'll so just blow them away. Great. All right, Ted, uh, back to setting up your, your house, which looks magnificent. Uh, hopefully, we will all get to share a glass of wine together in the off season in wine country over there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Please. All right. Love you, big guy. See you, bud. All right. That was a lot of fun catching up with your bro, huh? Yeah. 
Very cool. Good to see him too. I haven't talked to him in a while, actually. We'll text you yeah. in there, but like, it's good to see his face. Do people think you're twins? I don't know. I think they know like we're related. I don't know if like we're twins, especially when we're next well, to each other. I'm like a lot taller yeah. than him. <laughs> That's true. How tall is he? I couldn't tell sitting down. Six two. Still tall. Yeah. He's tall. You're just a yeah. giant. I know. I got the weird gene. Okay. Uh, it is time right now for uh, Mrs. Rose's homework assignment. And do you remember what you... Uh-oh. Oh, no. I didn't do it. I forgot. Oh, it was the workout thing. I didn't send it to you either. All right. What's the next one? <laughs> I have to do two homework assignments. I'll double up. Give me an extension on my homework. Okay. I'll make the plea to Mrs. Rose. All right. She likes yeah. you. She digs you. It's not just your hair. She really thinks you're really good, and she thinks you're funny. So I think that you kind of won over the teacher. Okay, as long as your last name isn't Rose and your first name isn't Chris, she might cut you some slack. You so go. your homework assignment is you're, you're going to, as we talked earlier in the show, you're going to the Bronx this weekend to pitch. Yeah. Do you have access to Monument Park? You know where they have all the monuments out there of all the legendary Yankees? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe possibly. They could have it like rope, like COVID roped off. Like we only have like certain sections they can have us going. But I, if I can, I'll, I'll do it. What's the, what's yeah, the why don't you just why don't you just take a video out there of yeah. of all the monuments? I mean, you, even though they're your arch rival, you still have to have some reverence for the guys that have put on that uniform. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you visited Monument Park before? Is it the where is it again? It's okay. <laughs> no. It's in the outfield. So we're gonna take. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Be, Okay, yeah, this is a I've never class gone up field in, trip. Yeah, I've never gone up and like gone up close, but I've definitely like sat in the dugout and been like. That's pretty cool. Imagine being a well, part when of you, that. Like, you'll probably throw some sort of pen on Friday or get yeah. out there a little bit. And yeah, just bring your camera. Just take a look and see if you can get close. And even if not, right, you can just kind of take. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm in. I'm not going to say you that. owe us or anything, no. but you know, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Just remember, you're not letting me down. You're letting Mrs. Rose down. So yeah, I've been doing that for 23 years and see how far it's got me. <laughs> All right, we're going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. We have new categories for you. So we've got uh, job fair, uh, get up here, e-tail, paper trail, and double play. So I will spin. Nervous. Job fair. Give me the one job you would be good at in a baseball stadium that would take you out of uniform. So something that would interest you inside the stadium could be anything you're just not allowed to wear a uniform so you can't be a coach you can't be oh okay <clears throat> not front office either that doesn't count That's i didn't say that um no Ooh. i would do like on field stuff like the guy who orchestrates the music and the, i would do that i would really like to do that really so you'd be like the you'd be the uh social um instigator like let's get the yeah. whole plan going like here's here's what we're doing here's what we're doing we're gonna have like the hot dog race in the third inning and like so you're in charge of all that stuff more about more like the in between like like in between innings like the music you play or like in, like a guy oh, swings and miss or like the little sound bites you play like all the little oh. I would do like obnoxious annoying things like it would be that would be fun because there's nothing worse than going to a place and like how, the guy who's doing it sucks because it's just like the energy is just like sucked out of the building like it's just too, when it's too quiet for too long it's like a, it's just like a really like the crowd's not really into it and it's just like a, a bat and there's nobody playing music in between pitches and like doing stuff it's just like 
sucks the life out of it. And like a lot of places, certain people just like, it's almost like they forget or they play the walkout late. It's my biggest pet peeve. I have to like remove myself from that. I get like angry. I'm like, you got one job, like just pay attention and play the music. Like, it's cause it's so important. Like as a pitcher and like how I view my like walk up is like essential to me. Like it get, it's like that music feeling of like any nerves or anything you feel like when you go out there and like you hear your, your walkout and you start to warm up, it's like such a blissful, like adrenaline feeling. And when someone like plays it later, like the speaker sucks or they do it wrong. It's just kind of like, God dang it. Like, I want this. I need this to be good. And it, sometimes it doesn't work out. All right. Uh, you're hired. Boy, I love it. Sweet. You are, you are, you know, squarely focused on that. The yeah. only prerequisite is that you start turning in your homework in order to get hired for this. I'm no. just no chance I'm, I'm getting a job if I can't turn my homework in. You're right. You know, you told us first episode how your teachers sometimes kick you out of class because you, you just yep. couldn't pay attention and stuff. I'll just have to fire you in occasional text more so than I do. Yeah, okay. yeah. definitely. Right. Just you don't get on Mrs. Rose's bad side. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. All right, buddy. It was good catching up as always. Go have fun up in New York this weekend. We'll check in in a couple weeks with you. All right. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to the Chris Rose Rotation here on John Boy Media. Big shout out to our guy, Robbie Scirocco. Continues to do a great job putting the entire show together. We'll see you next time here on John Boy Media.